0: Israel is such a tiny country, and yet, no matter how many times I go there, I always see something new. My recent trip with APAC was no exception. We visited the Ziv Medical Center in the northern Israeli town of Tzvat. How many of you have ever been to Tzvat? Yes, a lot. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. There we met Dr. Solomon Tal a vascular surgeon at the hospital. First, we met in the hospital conference center where the doctor described a little-known chapter in the dreadful civil war in Syria. Some Syrians learned that in Israel, they have sometimes found ways to save limbs, amputating only as a last resort. So in the dead of night, gravely injured Syrians are deposited at the fence of the Israeli border. The Israeli army set up a field hospital near the border. And the army picks up wounded Syrians and transfers them to numerous hospitals, including the Ziv Medical Center. So far as of the time that I visited Israel at the beginning of July, Over 900 injured Syrians had been treated in Israel, 300 of them at the Ziv medical center. All but five of the 300 brought to to Ziv survived their injuries and were returned to Syria. We went upstairs onto the floor, and we visited with an adorable 3-year-old Syrian boy and his father. This adorable little boy was recovering with a severely damaged foot. Then we walked down the hall. We walked quietly from one end of the floor to the other. It felt intrusive, but it, it's an image I don't think I can even convey to you. I would never have imagined it myself. The the hospital rooms in Israel are very tiny and there are 4 or 5 patients in every room. Each room looked like a united nations of religious and non-religious Jews and Arabs, all mixed in together. They were all sick people, and there appeared to be no separation of anything but gender. At the end of the hall were two very well-guarded rooms with more adult Syrian patients. It was painful to listen to Dr. Tal, the surgeon, Clearly, he doesn't do any of this for fame or publicity, because there is none. He conveyed his feeling that no one cares about the atrocities going on in Syria, and he's convinced that the world has no interest in 1,000 Syrians choosing to be treated in Israel. The doctor explained that it was an Israeli government decision to treat Syrians— that most Israelis don't even know. Dr. Tal expressed something that I heard echoed throughout this particular visit to Israel, a loss of hope. Daniel Gordas, a popular commentator in Israel, invited us to Shabbat lunch and told us that he no longer believes that there will be a peaceful resolution between the Israelis and the Palestinians. It was anguishing, to sit in his lovely home on Shabbat, a beautiful day, and hear him express his belief that peace will not happen. Many have already declared the death of the two-state solution. But one wonders, if police peaceful solutions are off the table, then what? In this week's Torah portion, Akav, Moses wisely says to the Israelites, remember the long way that God has made you travel in the wilderness these past 40 years, so that you might be tested by hardships to learn what is in your hearts. We live in a time where our globe is covered in hardship. The contents of our hearts are tested. People around the world are tested by violence, hatred in governments who do not protect their own citizens. We, in our relatively comfortable situation here in the Bay, are tested in a less direct but real way. We are tested when we turn on the news and when we open our Facebook pages. Whose side are we on? Who is right and who is wrong? And what are we supposed to do? All of these tests make it challenging to hang on to hope. But I believe with all my heart that if our people, our people's long hardship travel through 5,000 years of history has taught us anything, it has taught us that we do always have reason to hope. Hardships will always be present hatred and the desire of one group to blot out another will also be there, but so will be hope. It's terrible to read of the deaths in Syria, Egypt, Congo, Nigeria, Liberia, Gaza, Israel, Iraq, and so many places. It was sickening to read that Rabbi Joseph Raskin was shot and killed while walking to synagogue in Miami this past Shabbat. It was wrenching to learn of the death of Robin Williams due to the ravages of depression. It felt like a test to read of yet another killing of an African-American citizen, Michael Brown. Our capacity to hope is sorely tested But we have and we will continue to work on gun violence, mental illness, addiction, and endemic hate and racism here at home. We should not be naive. At this moment, the situation between Israel and the Palestinians does not look hopeful. Most have taken sides, become entrenched, and circled the wagons to support their own. Right now, we don't have the answer. But that does not mean that there is no solution. The worst thing we could do would be to give up hope. We care about the state of Israel and support Israel's right to exist as a Jewish state in peace and freedom. You can be the world's strongest Israel supporter, and your heart can and should break when you hear about the deaths of Palestinian civilians. I listened to Dr. Tal's sense of hopelessness. I listened to Danny Gordas' sense of hopelessness. Who can blame them? Yet we remember... That we, we are on the long way toward the promised land of peace. Our path is and will be strewn with hardships. The Jewish people has faced every hardship that other humans could invent, and still we endure. Jewish values and contributions continue to enrich this world. And now, the one thing. The thing most needed that the Jewish people can contribute is hope. A conviction that as terrible as things are right now, they will get better. They must get better. And we must help make it so. Because the essence of the Jewish story, of our Jewish story, is a story of hope. God, on this Shabbat, we pray that you renew us with hope. Amen.